Good evening. Welcome to the San Francisco Police Department's Medal of Valor Award Ceremony. I ask that you please rise and remain standing for the presentation and posting of the colors by the San Francisco Police Department's Color Guard and the singing of the national anthem by Ms. Molly McFadden. say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rocket's red glare the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there oh say does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave
Please be seated. Thank you for attending tonight's Medal of Valor award ceremony. I am Sergeant Stacy Youngblood, Secretary to the Police Commission, and I am pleased to introduce the people on stage and acknowledge those people behind the scenes who helped make this ceremony come possible. First, thank you to the San Francisco Scottish Rites Masonic Center for their continued generosity in allowing us to use their facility. Next, I'd like to thank the members of the department who were instrumental in organizing this ceremony, Ms. Risa Tom, Ms. Christine Singh, Sergeant Sandra Reynolds, and retired Sergeant Rachel Kilshaw. And finally, thank you to Molly McFadden for singing the national anthem and to the SFPD Color Guard. They all deserve a round of applause. Next, I'd like to introduce those who are with us on stage tonight. The Honorable Mayor London Breed. And your Police Commission, Commission President Cindy Elias, Commission Vice President Max Carter Oberstone, Commissioner Larry Yee, Commissioner James Byrne, Commissioner Kevin Benedicto, Commissioner Yanez was not able to make it here tonight, but he does send their congratulations to all of the honorees tonight. And now I'm going to introduce your command staff, starting with Chief of Police, Chief William Scott. <laughs> Assistant Chief David Lazar. <laughs> Deputy Chief Robert O'Sullivan. <laughs> Deputy Chief Daniel Perea. <laughs> Deputy Chief Raj Viswani. Deputy Chief Peter Walsh, and Deputy Chief Julian Ng. And now your commanders, Commander Rachel Moran, Commander Christopher Pedrini, Commander Eric Ventero, Commander Derek Jackson, and Commander Derek Liu. We are here tonight to honor a select group of officers in in the San Francisco Police Department who engaged in exceptional acts of bravery and displayed courage that far exceeded what was required of them. Their commanding officers will describe the extraordinary and selfless acts that these individuals took, which will explain why they are being honored here tonight. Before we hear about their acts of valor, Mayor Breed is here to say a few words. Thank you very much and good evening to all of the honorees tonight as well as their family and friends who are joining us to acknowledge the exceptional work of the people of the San Francisco Police Department. Uh, today as we talk about the Medal of Valor and you hear the various stories, the consistent theme of each incident will just remind you of the extraordinary courage and heroism that it takes in order to do this very, very challenging work of the San Francisco Police Department. I want to express my appreciation for each and every one of you because you could choose to work for any other law enforcement agency anywhere in the country and you choose to be a part of the San Francisco Police Department. We know that the work is not easy. We know that so many of the issues that you face every single day when you walk out the doors of not only your homes but your stations, you never know what you're going to experience each and every day. 
But what I appreciate about each and every one of you is that in every single instance, it was not even a question whether or not you were going to put your life on the line in order to serve and protect the people of the city and county of San Francisco. You just automatically did it. And so we appreciate your hard work, your dedication, and your commitment to San Francisco. We know that oftentimes you don't always get the appreciation and the respect and the praise that you deserve, and we know that you don't do it for praise. We know that you do it because you are true public servants in every sense of the word. And let me also just say to all of the men and women of the San Francisco Police Department, I want to express my appreciation for what this city came together to do during APEC. It was absolutely extraordinary. And I saw so much pride in San Francisco from the people who not only work for the city and county of San Francisco, but especially from law enforcement. What we did to put San Francisco on the map in a light, in a way that demonstrated that San Francisco is not what everyone is trying to say it is. We are a great city, and we have extraordinary people who make it a great city. The people who serve and protect our city every single day are the reason why so many people from far and wide get to see and experience the magic of everything that San Francisco has to offer. So thank you all so much for being here tonight. Thank you for your commitment, for your courage. And just like many of your family members who are here today, as you walk out the doors of your homes, they continue to wish for your safety, I continue to wish for your safety and continue to hold each and every one of you in my prayers for a safe return to your loved ones every single night after doing this job. Thank you all so much for being here. Thank you, Mayor Breed. And now we will hear from Commission President Cindy Elias. Good evening. My name is Cindy Elias. I'm president of the Police Commission. I'm very honored to be here tonight to participate and listen to the outstanding stories we're about to hear regarding the bravery and courage that these officers have shown. During my time as a commissioner, I have met many officers who have dedicated their lives to protecting this great city of ours. I have heard harrowing stories that most of us will never, ever have to experience, thankfully. Still, each and every day, our officers put on their uniforms and make this city a safer place for all. So tonight, I would like to extend my deep, my sincerest appreciation for those officers who have demonstrated this courage and bravery and have gone above and beyond for San Francisco. I would also like to thank those of you in the audience for the sacrifices and resilience that you have demonstrated in supporting officers. Because... These officers, while they're able to do their jobs, still need a support network at home, and that's you. The missed dinners, the missed family times, the missed practices, all the sacrifices officers make on a daily basis to come and make our city safer, while you at home stay and hold it down. So thank you for your dedication and for helping officers who are able to come to work and make our city great. Thank you again for having me.
Thank you, President Elias. And now Chief Scott would like to say a few words. Good evening. Thank you, Sergeant Youngblood. I, too, want to start my remarks with thanks. First of all, thanks to the awardees and all the officers and sergeants that are here, because it's your work that we're here for tonight. Now, for the families, I don't know how many of these stories, once you hear them, that you've heard, but usually our officers don't do what they do for praise. They don't do what they do for a medal. They don't do what they do for an award. They do what they do because they're committed to service. They do what they do because they're committed to this city and they're committed to this police department. And more importantly, committed to the people that we are sworn to protect and serve. Valor has a distinct definition. It takes courage to walk into a situation that you know will put your life at risk, but walk, in, walk into that situation anyway. It takes courage to walk into a burning building, knowing that you may not make it out. It takes courage to run toward the gunfire instead of away from it. It takes courage to do what each and every one of these members that are here tonight to be decorated and awarded did. But this is what they do day in and day out. The actions that brought us here tonight are above and beyond the call of duty. There's no doubt about it. And when you hear the stories, I think you will agree with me. But make no mistake about it. Every member of this police department has a commitment and has a heart of service to go out and do the job day in and day out. So I want to thank them. Thank you all for being here. I want to say thank you to the command staff. This process is not an easy process to get to this point. There's a committee, there's a panel. We hear the, the, the incidents, we evaluate them, and we vote. And only those that we feel that are worthy of this type of award, the highest honor that this department gives, only those are the people that make it here. And you are those people. You are those officers. So congratulations to you. Congratulations to your courage, your valor, and for what you do day in and day out. This department needs you, depends on you, and we love you and appreciate everything that you do every day. Thank you. Thank you, Chief Scott. And now the reading of the award citations for each of the officers. First, Commander Derek Jackson reading the officer Charles Walfred Lofgren in memoriam. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for being here tonight. It's truly an honor to be here before you. Tonight, I want to share with you a story dating back to 1913 that exemplifies the core values and selfless acts that, in my opinion, continue to define who we are as a police department today. On February 5th, 1913, San Francisco Police Department patrolman Charles Carl Walfred Lofgren was on foot patrol on Columbus Avenue, south of Broadway, along with Officer P.J. Tracy. At the same time, a large meat wagon attached to four horses was stopped in the intersection of Grant Avenue and Broadway 
while the driver was inside his shop making a delivery. A group of youth celebrating the Chinese New Year set off firecrackers near the wagon, which resulted in startling the horses. The frightened horses ran down Broadway, pulling the wagon without a driver. The team of runaway horses then turned onto Columbus Avenue. Officer Lofgren observed the out-of-control team of horses and saw that numerous citizens were crossing the street directly in front of the horses at Jackson Street. He knew many of them would be severely injured, if not killed, if there was a collision. As the horses were gaining speed, he ran towards the team of horses and jumped alongside them, grasping at the reins. Officer Lofgren grabbed the reins and pulled with all his strength and successfully slowed down the team enough for the crowd to disperse. Patrolman Lofgren hung helplessly trying to pull the team to a stop. He was swept underneath the horses and the 10-ton meat wagon ran over his right leg, severing it to the bone from his knee to his ankle. The team of horses turned onto Jackson Street and came to a stop at Montgomery Street where the wagon overturned right next to a cable car. Despite his injuries, Officer Lofgren attempted to rise and pursue the team of horses further. He could not stand and was rushed to the Harbor Emergency Hospital for treatment. When Officer Lofgren first arrived at the hospital, doctors first believed that his injuries would prove to be fatal. Officer Lofgren survived. However, he lost the use of his leg and was therefore unable to ever return to duty. When interviewed regarding the incident for a February 6, 1913 newspaper article, Officer Lofgren stated to the San Francisco Chronicle, and I quote, there isn't much to it. I grabbed the lines and could do nothing, but I had to try, for I am a policeman and it is my duty to do so. Any other policeman would have done so, quote. Officer Lofgren's actions on February 5th, 1913 demonstrated a disregard for his own safety in favor that of the members of the public. Officer Lofgren displayed outstanding bravery conducting a life-saving act which was above and beyond that expected in the line of duty. Knowing he was risking his life to protect several threatened lives, he committed a selfless act of service. A runaway team of horses dragging a 10-ton meat wagon would surely have severely injured and or killed any pedestrians it collided into. The results of the actions which Officer Lofkin took rendered him permanently disabled. Despite Officer Lofgren's sacrifice, his legacy of service lives on through four more generations of law enforcement officers in his family. And for his efforts, Officer Lofgren has been awarded the Gold Medal of Valor and the Purple Heart posthumously. It is my honor to introduce Officer Lofgren's great-grandson, California Highway Patrol Commander Christopher Sherry.
Next, Captain Thomas Harvey, Commanding Officer of Mission Station, reading the Bronze Medal Award citation for Sergeant Neves. Officer Lopez Rodas, and Officer Schilling, who is not able to be with us tonight. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's my honor and privilege to present the following award. On March 5th, 2021, at approximately 11.20 a.m., Sergeant Timothy Neves, star number 1016, Officer Brian Lopez Rodas, star number 1385, and Officer Carson Schilling, star number 2247, who's not here tonight, of Mission Station responded to 112 Eureka Street regarding a 911 call of a possible fight inside the residence. A neighbor had called dispatch after hearing someone yell, don't hit, don't hit, in a panicked fashion. This neighbor believed a fight was occurring inside the residence. The initial responding mission unit had contacted two people at the residence. The officers had prior knowledge of domestic violence incidents between these two parties, and being aware of their history, the mission units wanted to do a welfare check to make sure everything was okay and to ensure there was no current domestic violence occurring. The person who had greeted the officers explained the only other resident was upstairs having a schizophrenic episode. The officers were told the individual was very angry and acting erratic. When those first responding officers arrived upstairs, they encountered an aggressive and naked suspect who was wielding a knife with a six-inch blade. For context, the officers were encountering this suspect on the top floor of a multi-unit building, and the only access to this part of the building was through a narrow flight of stairs. At this point, the officers tried to establish dialogue with the suspect, who then ignited a pillow on fire and threw a glass object at one of the officers. Fortunately, that officer had a ballistic shield to protect himself. The suspect had fled into a nearby room. While this was occurring, smoke began pouring out of the door, um, out of the suspect's room. Due to the dangerous conditions of the growing fire, the officers had to relocate, and while doing so, they lost sight of the suspect. At this time, the San Francisco Fire Department had already been summoned to the scene to deal with the fire. The building, along with several neighboring structures, were evacuated due to the imminent danger of fire and smoke. Sergeant Neves, Officer Schilling, and Officer Lopez Rodas had arrived on scene and were present when SFFD members were preparing to enter the building to extinguish the fire. At this time, the suspect's location was unknown, and it was possible the armed suspect was still inside the residence. San Francisco Fire reported the flames were an imminent threat to the neighboring homes, and if they did not move quickly to extinguish the flames, those homes were at risk of catching on fire. After evacuating the first floor, Sergeant Neves, Officer Schilling, and Officer Lopez Rodas entered the burning building 
ahead of San Francisco fire personnel to prevent their members from being assaulted by the armed suspect whose location, as I said before, was still unknown. These fine SFPD members escorted fire department personnel up the stairs where the smoke was now quite heavy, quite heavy and visibility was very low. Sergeant Neves, Officer Schilling, and Officer Lopez Rodas remained at the top of the stairway despite the heavy smoke and immediate danger to their lives. They placed themselves as a barrier between the fire department members and where the suspect could have been lurking. San Francisco Fire was able to extinguish the flames and only then it was determined the suspect had fled and escaped the residence. After a yard-to-yard search of the block surrounding 112 Eureka Street, the suspect was located and placed into custody. In conclusion, Sergeant Timothy Neves, Officer Brian Lopez Rodas, and Officer Schilling exhibited bravery above and beyond which is expected when they chose to enter a burning residence without any breathing aids or fire protective equipment. They risked their own safety and well-being with full knowledge of the danger involved, whether it be the fire, the smoke, or the armed outstanding suspect. The objective was of sufficient importance to justify the risk as they were acting to protect the fire department while being ready to take the suspect into custody. The fire department was able to quickly extinguish the fire and prevent nearby homes and buildings from burning. When seconds and minutes matter, the quick and decisive bravery exhibited by Sergeant Neves, Officer Schilling, and Officer Lopez Rodas helped save the day. And for their efforts, they have been awarded the Bronze Medal of Valor. Sergeant Neves. Officer Lopez Rodas.
Next, Commander Vintero reading the Bronze Medal Award citation for Sergeant Yi, Officers Boracunda, St. Clair, Custodio could not be with us tonight, Jensen, Lara, Fowler could not be with us tonight, Fable, Hidalgo, and Alcaraz. Thank you. It's my honor to be here tonight, and I'm going to tell you a story which happened on Halloween on the um, October 31st, 2022, basically an eight-mile vehicle pursuit of uh, an armed robbery carjacking crew, which was four juveniles armed with weapons who were on a three-day crime spree. And if not for the action of Sergeant Jared Yee, Officer Jean-Michel Maborakunda, Officer Daniel St. Clair, Officer Victor Custodio, Officer Seamus Jensen, Officer Claudia Lara, Officer Jimmy Fowler, Officer Corey Fabel, Officer Andrew Hildalgo, and Officer Gabriel Alcaraz while worked together. Um, it could have definitely been worse on that Halloween night. So in summary, on Halloween, October 31st, 2022, at about 3 p.m., Southern Station officers responded to Avenue H on Treasure Island on a report of an armed carjacking that had just occurred. Southern Station officers met with the victim who stated he parked his Mercedes in front of a convenience store and went inside to buy something. Upon exiting, he observed four males standing outside of an Infiniti G35, which was parked near his vehicle. Victim got back into his Mercedes when one of the suspects approached him on foot and began asking some questions, an apparent uh, small talk effort. The three other suspects then rapidly approached the vehicle while the initial suspect forcibly opened the victim's car door, pointed a semi-automatic pistol at the victim's face, and racked the slide. Suspect ordered the victim out of the car and yelled that they were taking his car. Two of the other suspects also brandished firearms at the victim as he exited his vehicle. The victim told the officers at the scene that he feared he was going to get shot if he didn't comply. The four suspects then fled the area in the carjacked Mercedes. The victim described the suspects as 18 to 20-year-old males. Officers on the scene investigating quickly determined that the Infiniti G35, which was left at the scene by the suspects, was taken in a separate carjacking in San Francisco one day before. All of this information was provided to dispatch, and they put it out on an all-channel broadcast. Approximately 30 minutes later in the Bayview, Officers Maborakunda and Officer St. Clair were on patrol in the area of Cesar Chavez and Connecticut Street when they observed the Mercedes-Benz that matched the description of the carjacking vehicle with four suspects on board. The officers confirmed with dispatch that they were behind the carjacked vehicle and requested backup units to respond prior to conducting a high-risk felony car stop. Suspects realized they had been spotted and fled from the officers prior to backup arriving. Officers Maborakunda and Officer St. Clair initiated a vehicle pursuit, which went from the Bayview to the Southern. Officers briefly terminated their pursuit when the suspects drove into opposing traffic lanes on city streets, but re-engaged when conditions permitted and it was safe to do so in compliance with our policy. Ultimately, the vehicle was lost in the area of the Southern District. Multiple units began searching for the vehicle. Sergeant Yee, Officer Jensen, Officer Custodio, Officer Lara, Officer Fowler all simultaneously located the vehicle at Folsom and 3rd. Officers re-engaged in the pursuit, which fled back onto southbound 280, exited into the Bayview at the 18th Street exit. The suspects ultimately drove back to the same area where the pursuit began and get, got blocked by a muni bus on the 900 block of Connecticut. Without warning, all four suspects quickly fled from the Mercedes and ran from the officer. Driver also exited holding a Tech-9 pistol, 
which he discarded during the foot pursuit. All of the officers that you see here today worked together during the lengthy foot pursuit to safely take all four suspects into custody without incident. Not far from the recovered vehicle, officers recovered a discarded Tech 9 pistol, a 9mm ghost gun, which had a 24 round magazine. That ghost gun was also modified to be fully automatic. Officers located an airsoft pistol as well. These firearms were recovered 300 feet from Star King Elementary School. Code show was conducted from the victim from Treasure Island who confirmed all four suspects were the same suspects who robbed and carjacked him. This robbery crew was also being investigated for two similar armed carjackings, one which occurred um, in San Francisco on the 30th and the other which also occurred in San Francisco on the 29th. It's important to note that during the vehicle pursuit and subsequent apprehension, no members of the public, officers or suspects were injured. Despite the suspect's reckless flight from pursuing officers which spanned over eight miles from residential streets, freeways to multiple business corridors, the only collision that occurred was as a result of the suspects fleeing from the carjacked vehicle uh, before it slowly rolled and collided into a parked vehicle resulting in minimum, minimal damage due to the fact they didn't put the car in park when they fled on foot. All four juvenile suspects, two 16 and two 15 year olds were booked for numerous felony violations with the DA's office filing charges on all the suspects. In addition, two of the, suspect had, two of the suspects had no bail felony warrants, one for grand theft from a person and felony vehicle evasion from the police. The other suspect had a warrant for aggravated assault with a dangerous weapon. In conclusion, all of the officers were directly involved in a long, stressful, coordinated effort which involved superior observation skills, tactical decision-making, emergency vehicle operation, and physical abilities, all which occurred during moments of high stress, as there's perhaps nothing more dangerous in police work than a high-speed pursuit, especially a, a pursuit involving armed and dangerous suspects. The officers involved risked their lives given the circumstances. These suspects were on a violent and armed three-day crime spree. There is no doubt the involved officers were directly responsible for preserving public safety and preventing countless other robberies, shootings, or violent crimes throughout San Francisco and the entire Bay Area on that busy Halloween night. And for their efforts, they have all been awarded the Bronze Medal of Valor. Sergeant Yi. Officer Boracunda.
Officer St. Clair. Officer Jensen. <laughs> Officer Lara. Officer Fobble. <laughs> Officer Hidalgo. Officer Alcaraz. Next, Commander Derek Liu reading the Bronze Medal Award citation for Captain Malinger, who is unable to be with us tonight, Sergeant Uber, and Officer Watts. Good evening. On October 29th, 2022, a little, little after 6 p.m., 911 operators received several calls regarding a shooting at the Safeway grocery store located at 4950 Mission Street within the Ingleside Police District. Callers indicated that numerous shots were fired and that the victim of the shooting, who was now face down in the street, was a store security guard. A number of Ingleside Station Patrol units began to respond. Within three minutes of the call being dispatched, officers arrived on scene and systematically initiated a search for the victim, suspect, and crime scene. One of the first to arrive was nine-year Department of Veteran Officer Tim Watts. 
He observed the victim laying on the street in front of the store with a gunshot wound to his abdomen, being attended to by several bystanders. While ensuring medical personnel were responding to the scene, a witness told Officer Watts that the suspect was in the area of Geneva and Mission, wearing a blue jean outfit, a hat, and carrying a backpack. Officer Watts broadcast the information he had just received and devised a plan to search for the suspect with then Lieutenant Noah Mallinger, a 26-year veteran of the department. Due to his extensive knowledge of the Ingleside District, Officer Watts knew that there was a bus stop located at the intersection of Mission and Geneva, and coupled with his training and experience, the suspects often utilized public transportation to flee crime scenes, Officer Watts drove to the area in search of a bus with Lieutenant Mallinger. Upon arrival, Officer Watts and Lieutenant Mallinger immediately saw a bus stopped at the northeast corner of Geneva and Mission. Believing the suspect was potentially aboard, the pair boarded the bus from the front with 16-year department veteran Sergeant Carl Huber entering from the rear door. As the team approached the middle of portion of the bus, Officer Watts immediately noticed a male who was sweating profusely and breathing heavily and who also had a jean jacket tucked between him and the seat back. Believing the male to be the outstanding shooter, Officer Watts pointed the suspect out and ordered him to show the officers his hands. The suspect began to violently resist Officer Watts, Lieutenant Mallinger's, and Sergeant Huber's physical efforts to, efforts to restrain him by kicking and thrashing at the officers. Additionally, the suspect continued to tuck his arms and hands near his waistband, an especially dangerous circumstance when engaged in a physical fight with an armed suspect who had just minutes before shot someone. During the struggle, Sergeant Huber observed a firearm fall near the suspect's leg and was able to direct follow-on follow officers to seize it. The suspect was overpowered shortly thereafter and taken into custody. During the investigation, Ingleside officers coordinated a cold show during which an eyewitness to the shooting was able to positively identify the suspect as the person who shot the Safeway security guard. Additionally, it should be noted that the guard told officers that he had observed the suspect steal $29 worth of merchandise and tried to stop him outside the store only to have the suspect produce a firearm and shoot him. The victim survived. It was later discovered that the suspect was a multi-convicted felon with additional outstanding firearms-related warrants out of San Francisco, as well as with the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. These officers rapidly responded to aid a victim in need, used teamwork to pursue a suspect, and without hesitation put themselves in an exceptionally dangerous circumstance to arrest someone who had just demonstrated extreme violence. They exemplify the professionalism and dedication of the San Francisco Police Department. And for their efforts, these officers have been awarded the Bronze Medal of Valor. Sergeant Uber. Officer Watts.
Next, Commander Eric Vintero reading the Bronze Medal Award citation for Sergeant Kamarski, Officers Ferraresi, Kavanaugh, Zorowski, Castro, Alvarenga, uh, Officer Naval could not be with us tonight, and Officer Denning. All right, good evening. It's my honor once again to uh, tell you a story about the great work performed by these officers. This is an incident involving a suspect who was 25 years old on probation in three counties, committed three armed robberies with a gun at gas stations, two in Daly City, one in San Francisco, in a matter of 24 hours. And if it wasn't for the collective work of all of these officers, four from Terravel and four from our SWAT team, things could have definitely been worse. So I will share the summary. On September 30th, 2022, the suspect started this crime spree by stealing his grandfather's vehicle, a 2018 Toyota Corolla. The next morning, Saturday morning at 10 a.m., suspect then used a stolen vehicle to drive to 19th Avenue and Junipero Serra, the gas station on the corner, and commit an armed robbery. During the robbery, the suspect pointed his semi-automatic handgun in the face of the female clerk, told her that he would kill her if she did not give him all the money. Suspect then fled in a Toyota and parked several blocks away where he exited the car, changed his clothes, and removed a piece of paper which he had used to cover the rear license plate. Fortunately, a watchful citizen was looking out of the window of her home and found his behavior suspicious. She took a video of the suspect and called the police. Officers Ferrarisi and Kavanaugh responded and were able to take this great tip due to the uh, outstanding officers they are, and they were able to tie all of the crimes together. Later in the evening, the Toyota was tracked to the Bayview District by a cell phone, which was left in a Toyota by the suspect's grandfather. A Bayview unit responded and attempted to stop the suspect vehicle, but the suspect fled recklessly and evaded officers and was lost in the area. The next morning, Sunday, San Francisco dispatch received a call from Daly City PD dispatch that a suspect had just committed two armed robberies of two different gas stations in Daly City. License plate, vehicle description, suspect description, all the same. Understanding the sense of urgency, Sergeant Komarski took lead of the investigation and coordinated a plan to apprehend a suspect before he could commit any additional crimes, hurt, or possibly kill someone. Officers Ferrarisi and Kavanaugh began actively tracking and surveilling the stolen vehicle being driven by the suspect. Officer Zorowski became involved as part of the arrest team. Members of the SFPD SWAT team, Officers Castro, Alvarenga, Naval, and Denning were called upon for their field of expertise and tactical tools needed to safely apprehend the suspect. A carefully thought out plan was set into motion which included plainclothes surveillance, a uniform marked arrest team, and uniform tactical teams and unmarked vehicles, one of which was armored. All participating members fully understood the propensity for violence of the suspect and the overt actions of the suspect, which likely meant that he would continue his violent crime spree unless he was taken into custody. Officers also knew the suspect was 25 years old, 6'2", 200 pounds, and like I said, was on probation in three different counties for robbery and auto theft. The team conducted the rolling surveillance of the suspect and waited for an opportune moment to safely make the arrest. As the suspect was pumping gas at the corner of California and Steiner, the order was given for all the arrest team members to move in. As the suspect was sitting inside of the stolen vehicle with the driver door open and gas hose still attached to the gas tank, unmarked tactical vehicles driven by officers Alvarenga and Naval pulled in front and to the back of the suspect vehicle. The suspect attempted to back up and made contact with the armored tactical vehicle, which caused minor cosmetic damage. All of the members tactfully converged on the suspect and vehicle, and within moments, the suspect 
quickly realized that resistance would be futile. He surrendered without further incident and was taken into custody. The suspect was arrested with a loaded 380 caliber semi-automatic handgun in his pants pocket. Sergeant Kamarski notified Daly City PD and they responded to the scene. All of the officers here conducted an incredible follow-up investigation. Sergeant Kamarski conducted an interview and an interrogation of the suspect at Terrebao Station and he was able to get him to confess to all of the robberies. Sergeant Kamarski presented the case to the San Francisco DA's office who refiled the majority of the charges. In conclusion, this level of tactical coordination on the fly is extremely difficult and challenging. It speaks volumes to the character, dedication, and to the level of skill and ability of everyone involved in this arrest and investigation. The fact that the suspect had committed three armed robberies within 24 hours with use of a firearm and, and had threatened to shoot all of his victims with the firearm, had recklessly fled from the police once and attempted to elude capture a second time by backing into a police vehicle, and was arrested with a loaded firearm in his pants pocket, clearly shows the high degree of danger the officers faced during this investigation and arrest. All of the members undoubtedly prevented further violent crimes which could have been committed by this violent suspect. And for their efforts, they have all been awarded Bronze Medal of Valor with Sergeant Komarski, Officer Ferrarisi, Officer Kavanaugh, and Officer Zorowski also receiving the meritorious award. Sergeant Komarski. Officer Farrah Racy. Officer Kavanaugh. Officer Zorowski.
Officer Castro. Officer Alvarenga. And Officer Denning. Next, Captain Christopher Canning, Commanding Officer for Richmond Station, reading the Bronze Medal Award citation for Sergeants Salarazano, Emmanuel, and Officers Avila. Officers Naval could not be with us tonight. Officer Kavanaugh, Officer Haley, who could not be with us tonight, and Officer Riley. Good evening. It is my privilege and honor uh, to celebrate the tremendous work of these fine sergeants and officers that I had the privilege of working with uh, when I was the captain at Tenderloin Station. On the afternoon of February 27th, 2021, Sergeant Solarzon received word from Investigations Bureau investigators that a suspect in a recent Tenderloin triple shooting was believed to be in the area of Market and Jones Streets. Sergeant Solarzano in plain clothes mounted a BMX bicycle to conduct surveillance in the area. There he saw a man who closely resembled the shooting suspect. The suspect was believed to be armed and dangerous and had a history of violent crimes. Accordingly, the entirety of the swing watch officers and supervisors formulated a contact and apprehension plan with multiple units covering possible areas of flight, mobile supervision, and lethal and non-lethal force options. Once the plan had been decided, the officers and sergeants took up their positions. With all the elements in place, Sergeant Solorzano gave the command to move in. Officer Avila was the initial contact officer. She observed the suspect jaywalking directly in front of her radio car. She called out to Hamilton, excuse me, she called out to the suspect stating that she needed to speak to him. The suspect continued walking. The suspect, again, was acknowledged by name, and he began fleeing southbound on Jones Street. Officer Avalon and Sergeant Solorzano pursued the suspect on foot. There, Officers Naval and Kavanaugh were in position. They exited their vehicle as the suspect ran directly towards them. 
Officer Naval managed to trip the suspect to the ground, but the suspect immediately got up and continued running with Officer Kavanaugh in hot pursuit. Sergeant Emanuel joined the foot pursuit. These officers gave chase as backup units responded to the area. As the suspect rounded the corner of the block, Officer Naval saw the suspect reaching for his waistband, fearing he may be reaching for a firearm as he continued to flee. As the suspect ran across Market Street, Officer Riley stopped his radio car in front of the suspect, forcing him to slow down considerably and change direction. The suspect tried to run around the radio car, but Sergeant Solorzano managed to roll his BMX bicycle into the flight path, causing the suspect to fall to the ground and into the grasp of numerous officers. The suspect was now on the ground in a face-down position on top of his concealed hands, possibly reaching for a firearm. Officers wrestled one of the suspect's wrists out from underneath him, overcoming his resistance. Sergeant Emanuel wrestled the suspect's other hand from underneath his body. Sergeant Solorzano controlled the suspect's upper body to keep him from rising as Officer Haley controlled the suspect's legs and cuffed the suspect's wrists. Soon the officers rolled the suspect to his side and as they rolled, the officers spotted a loaded semi-automatic firearm on the ground uh, directly where the suspect's hands were placed mere moments before. Using outstanding teamwork, these officers and sergeants confronted an armed felon who was wanted for shooting three people chased him down through downtown city streets, teeming with innocent bystanders, overcame his resistance, taking him into custody without serious injury to the suspect, any of the officers, or any members of the public. Despite knowing the risk that the suspect posed undeterred, they chased down and arrested the armed suspect to keep the streets of San Francisco safe. And for their efforts, they have been awarded the Bronze Medal of Valor. Sergeant Salarazano. Sergeant Emanuel. <laughs> Officer Avila. Officer Kavanaugh.
Officer Riley. Again, Captain Christopher Canning, Commanding Officer of Richmond Station, reading the Silver Medal Award citation for Sergeant Caraway, Officers Gonzalez, Finnegan, Ryan, Ragusa, Portmas could not be with us tonight, and Prasadi. Good evening again. It's my uh, honor to still be here and to uh, celebrate with these tremendous members of the San Francisco Police Department that were assigned to Tenderloin Police Station. On the crisp morning of Saturday, June 19th, 2021, just after six in the morning, Officer Ragusa and Officer Ryan were patrolling the Tenderloin District in a marked radio car. While patrolling, both officers observed multiple people standing around, staring northbound on Leavenworth Street from Eddy Street. When asked what they were looking at, the people directed the attention of officers Ryan and Ragusa up Leavenworth Street, where there was a building that appeared to have caught fire. Officers Ryan and Ragusa responded without delay to 421 Leavenworth Street, a six-story supportive housing building home to over 60 primarily elderly, disabled, and or uh, otherwise uh, residents in need of support. At the time, the building housed 47 units occupied by over 60 residents. The fire is believed to have started in a central unit on the fourth floor, where it spread quickly to the fifth and sixth floors, driving the residents there to flee towards the fire escapes on the building exterior. Once there, however, the residents found themselves trapped as a system of ladders leading to the sidewalk below were inoperable. Those who could flee the building through the main entrance fled, spilling out onto the sidewalk below. Smoke billowed from the roof of the building. It was a chaotic scene that met Officers Ryan and Ragusa as they arrived. Officers Ryan and Ragusa advised dispatch of the fire, calling other units to the area. Knowing full well the life-threatening danger of entering the building, officers Ryan and Ragusa immediately went into aid in the evacuation. The air inside the building was thick with heavy smoke, and the sound of the fire alarm was deafening. Ash fluttered down the stairways and light wells as officers Ryan and Ragusa pushed further up to the third floor where embers were visible in the air. The officers began pounding on doors to alert residents to the fire and evacuate those that had not already done so themselves. Officers Ryan and Ragusa located a wheelchair-bound resident trapped on the third floor with no way down to the ground level. After trying unsuccessfully to ease the wheelchair down the precariously steep staircase, they recognized that time was of the essence and the wheelchair was jeopardizing their efforts. Officers Ryan and Ragusa picked up the resident and carried him down three flights of stairs and out of the building to safety. Numerous additional San Francisco Police Department officers and San Francisco Fire Department firefighters began to arrive at the scene, including Tenderloin Station officers Gonzalez, Finnegan, Prasadi, Bortmas, and Sergeant Caraway. They arrived at the scene and entered the building without delay. 
Sergeant Carraway saw Officer Ragusa doubled over in pain as he and Officer Ryan appeared to be suffering from smoke inhalation. Firefighters that were now inside the building above them began breaking out windows, showering the sidewalks below with glass and debris. Sergeant Carraway was hit in the head and cut by a large piece of falling glass. Officers Ryan and Ragusa yet again entered the building to the aid of the residents that remained inside. After ensuring the safety of the bystanders on the sidewalk, Sergeant Carraway entered the building as well. Once inside the building, Sergeant Carraway realized the fire was in danger of quickly overtaking the building, and there the remaining residents had a little time left to evacuate. Water began falling from the upper floors from the ongoing firefighting efforts on the floors above. Sergeant Carraway directed SFPD personnel to engage in a room-to-room -room rescue effort to evacuate as many people as possible in the limited time remaining, forcing entry where necessary. On the second floor, Sergeant Carraway lo located a locked apartment. He knocked and announced himself before kicking open the door, and there he found an elderly disabled man. Sergeant Carraway helped the man into the hallway where Officer Bortmus assisted him into a wheelchair and pushed him to the stairway nearby. Officer Bortmus and Sergeant Carraway then carried the man in his wheelchair down the stairway to the ground floor. Progress was slow as they found the wheelchair was too wide and had to be forced around the corners of the winding staircase. Officer Bortmus was able to bear most of the man's weight as Sergeant Carraway pushed the wheelchair through the narrow points and down the stairs to safety. Sergeant Carraway and Officer Bortmus turned around yet again and ran back inside. Officers Gonzalez, Prasadi, and Finnegan continued the rescue effort, clearing each apartment one by one. Sergeant Carraway arrived on the second floor once more. Uh, there encountered a locked door where they could hear a dog barking inside. Sergeant Carraway forced open the door and located a black and white pit bull inside. Uh, the officers, Sergeant Carraway, picked up the dog and used a shopping cart found nearby to carry the dog out of the building to safety. Yet again, the officers entered the building with ever-increasing knowledge of the deteriorating conditions inside. The officers and Sergeant Carraway worked their way up the stairs to the third floor where they were told by a firefighter that the fire was spreading and police officers should evacuate immediately. Sergeant Carraway ordered all officers out of the building. It should be noted at this time that the fire department personnel was fully equipped with respirators and masks due to the levels of smoke in the building. All San Francisco Police Department personnel were all still inside the building, completely unequipped for the smoke-filled conditions. These officers knowingly and intelligibly exposed themselves to the smoke and ash for long periods of time in order to assist in the evacuation until it was no longer feasible. Officers had to use their flashlights at times due to limited visibility and to smoke. It should be further noted that the on-scene fire department personnel stated that the six-story apartment building suffered major fire damage on the fourth, fifth, and sixth floors, and the lower units suffered extensive smoke and water damage. The building would later be, cleared, later be declared uninhabitable due to fire damage. Fire department personnel also noted that at the time of the fire, 44 occupied apartments within the building uh, were uh, occupied by over 60 people that were suspected to be uh, inside at the time due to the early hour. All of those occupants were evacuated with no fatalities, and only five people being transported to hospitals for minor injuries. Numerous household animals were also evacuated, including multiple dogs and a bird. The fact that over 50% of the apartment complex was lost to the fire, yet no loss of life occurred, can it surely be attributed to the efforts of these tremendous members. Fire department, uh, fire department leadership team later contacted Tenderloin stations regarding the actions of these officers and said, uh, in summary, the extraordinary efforts put forth by these officers were above and beyond expectations allowed us, the fire department, to focus on extinguishing the fire, rescuing the victims from the upper floors. With the help of these officers, 
we, the fire department, were able to keep this fire from causing fatalities. We want to thank these officers for their heroic efforts. Uh, it should be noted that uh, each of these officers uh, suffered injury uh, and uh, Officer uh, Ragusa was uh, sadly admitted to the hospital, but thankfully uh, was able to be released from the hospital uh, within days of celebrating the birth of his first child. These members of the San Francisco Police Department entered a large-scale structure fire at risk to their own personal safety to evacuate the residents of the apartment building. These members remained in the building on fire until they could fully evacuate three floors of the building, placing themselves at great risk of exposure to the fire for long periods of time. These members and their actions directly resulted in the preservation of numerous lives. And for their efforts, they have all been awarded the Silver Medal of Valor, as well as the Life Saving Award. And Officer Ragusa has been awarded the Purple Heart. Sergeant Carraway. Officer Gonzalez. Officer Finnegan. Officer Ryan. Officer Ragusa.
and Officer Prasadi. Next, Captain Jason Sawyer, Commanding Officer for the Northern Station, reading the Silver Medal Valor Award citation for Sergeant Perez. Good evening, everybody. It is my honor and privilege to explain the heroic actions from Sergeant George Perez. On June 17, 2022, a man was suffering from a mental health crisis in Yuba City, California. He believed that a religious order was responsible for the September 11, 2001 terrorist attacks, and he felt he had to spread the message at one of the busiest airports in the United States. He decided to drive over 140 miles to the San Francisco International Airport, and he brought hundreds of paper copies of his handwritten detailed manifesto, along with two backpacks, a replica firearm, and a brand new machete. At approximately 6 p.m., the man arrived at SFO and parked his car in front of the passenger loading zone in the international terminal. He took his backpacks, his papers, and his machete and left his keys on the driver's seat as an indicator that he did not intend to return. The man entered into the international terminal and began to speak his beliefs to passersby. He then began hurling hundreds of copies of his manifesto into the air and scribbled his beliefs onto the airport walls with a marker. The man later admitted that he, because he thought no one was listening to him, he decided to grab his 22-inch machete. The man then began attacking passengers. He approached his first victim, swung the machete wildly, making contact and causing lacerations to the traveler. The traveler, realizing that he was bleeding and injured, ran away. Panic ensued as passengers began to flee and the man attacked another victim, again swinging the machete and slashing the victim. The man then attacked a third victim in the same cold, callous manner, striking the victim and causing injury. Terrified travelers were fleeing, and the calls to 911 flooded SFO dispatch. Sergeant Perez realized he had an active attacker in front of him and realized he had to respond. Without regard for his own safety, Sergeant George Perez sprinted toward the unknown but dangerous situation as the terrified travelers ran past him. Without hesitation, he was first to arrive on scene. Sergeant Perez quickly located the suspect and directed the attention towards himself. Using his verbal skills and training, Sergeant Perez contacted the man and could see that he was armed with a machete. The man advanced towards Sergeant Perez, refusing to comply with the commands to stop and surrender. Despite the dwindling distance between Sergeant Perez and the suspect, Sergeant Perez displayed incredible restraint by continuing to use de-escalation tactics and verbal commands and his physical presence to finally and ultimately get the man to surrender. Sergeant Perez's top priority was clearly the safety and welfare of the surrounding travelers, valiantly disregarding his own safety in the process. Other officers arrived and were able to handcuff the suspect, but the incident was not over. 
The man glared at the officers and cryptically remarked that he had a surprise for them in his backpacks. Believing that he was armed with an explosive device, Sergeant Perez stood by the backpacks and ordered everyone away, selflessly placing himself yet again in a position of danger. An evacuation was conducted, the bags were eventually deemed safe, and all the victims survived. Sergeant Perez was able to successfully end a violent attack using minimal force in the face of grave danger. Sergeant Perez operated as a model officer who displayed incredible courage and calmness amid the pandemonium, and he saved countless individuals from serious injury or death. With complete disregard for his own safety, he directed a violent attacker towards himself. He used his training and experience to de-escalate and ultimately take a subject into custody. Without hesitation, Sergeant George Perez exemplified amazing bravery, selflessness, and a willingness to protect life at his own peril. I'm proud to work with Sergeant Perez. For his actions, Sergeant George Perez has been awarded the Silver Medal of Valor. Sergeant Perez. presentation tonight. Captain James Ahern, Commanding Officer of Special Operations Bureau, reading the Gold Medal Award citation for Sergeant Moran, Reavy, and Taylor. Good evening. The members before you were assigned to the CJIC unit during this incident. CJIC stands for Crime Gun Investigation Center. The unit routinely investigate and arrest violent criminals involved in gun crimes. This was no routine incident and could have easily turned deadly for the officers or the suspect. Between January 11th and 14th of 2023, the suspect in this case shot at a victim on three separate occasions. Each time the suspect fled the scene in a gray SUV. Luckily, the victim was never hit by gunfire, but cars and houses were riddled with bullet holes. Over the course of the investigation, the officers learned the suspect, Spencer, shot a woman in Oakland in 2022 and that he frequented the Sunnydale area of San Francisco. On January 15th, just after midnight, Ingleside officers scoured the Sunnydale area for the gray SUV. The officers located a gray SUV parked near the 100 block of Brookdale and a records check showed the vehicle was stolen and had stolen license plates attached. While officers were waiting for a tow truck for the stolen vehicle, three to four gunshots were fired from a nearby hill on Brooktail. Ballistics would later link Spencer to this incident. On January 23rd, based on their investigation of Spencer, Sergeant Thomas Moran, Sergeant Joseph Reavy, and Officer Andre Taylor conducted surveillance around 100 Brookdale to arrest uh, Spencer. At around 1.30 p.m., a silver car pulled in the parking lot adjacent to the 100 block of Brookdale. The vehicle parked and Spencer got out of the driver's seat and a female exited the passenger seat. The officers waited as the two gathered their belongings and walked away from the vehicle. Once they were away from the vehicle, 
The officers exited their vehicle and Sergeant Reeby called out to Spencer, police, and ordered him to stop. The officers were wearing identifiable clothing with police written on both arms and back as well as a star in the left chest area. Spencer immediately began running towards a nearby walkway. Sergeants Moran and Reeby pursued Spencer while continuing to identify themselves as police and ordering him to stop. Officer Taylor briefly detained the female passenger while Sergeants Reeby and Moran pursued Spencer. As Spencer fled, he pulled a gun from a holster on his right hip. Spencer didn't attempt to throw, hide, or get rid of the gun. Instead, he ran for several feet with the gun in his hand. Sergeant Reeby yelled for Spencer to drop the gun as he caught up to him. When Sergeant Reeby was a few feet from Spencer, Spencer began to turn to his right while extending his right arm with the gun towards Sergeant Reeby and Moran. Spencer fired one shot as Sergeant Reeby chopped down on his right arm, wrapped his arms around Spencer, and tackled him to the ground. The gun Spencer had in his right hand was knocked to the ground close by. Once on the ground, Spencer continued to violently resist arrest. Officer Taylor, hearing the gunshot, quickly arrived to assist the officers as they struggled with Spencer on the ground. The officers were able to gain control of Spencer's left arm, but he continued to fight while reaching towards his upper body with his right arm. The officers could see Spencer was reaching for a fanny pack that was wrapped around his chest. That's when Sergeant Moran saw a second gun, a bright red gun inside of the unzipped fanny pack. Sergeant Moran was able to remove the fanny pack from Spencer's chest. Eventually, the officers were able to get Spencer into handcuffs. When the officers turned Spencer over, they found a third gun at his feet. The fired casings recovered in the shootings were submitted for comparison to the three firearms seized from Spencer. Two of the firearms seized were linked to the shooting incidents, including the incident during the stolen vehicle tow. On January 23rd of this year, these officers knowingly put their lives at risk to apprehend a violent criminal who was carrying three firearms and recently shot at a victim in San Francisco on multiple occasions. The officers did not hesitate in any time of their pursuit of Spencer. It is my belief that if the officers had disengaged from the pursuit, the suspect would have been able to fully turn around and shoot at and seriously injure the officers. I also believe that Sergeant Reeve's speed in closing the gap on the suspect did not give the suspect the time to turn and fire on the officers. The actions taken by these officers exhibited bravery above and beyond the call of duty. Due to their heroic behavior and tenacious investigation, a dangerous criminal was taken off the streets of San Francisco, and for their efforts, they have been awarded the Gold Medal of Valor. Sergeant Moran. Sergeant Reevy. And Sergeant Taylor.
All right, if I can ask all recipients to please rise and stand and face the audience. Everyone, these are your heroes and the awardees for tonight's San Francisco Medal of Valor Award Ceremony. Thank you. Please take your seats. All right. Chief Scott would like to say a few closing remarks, and then we're going to have some final announcements before we um, adjourn. Thank you, Sergeant Youngblood. First of all, I just want to say thank you to Sergeant Youngblood, uh, Sergeant Reynolds. We had uh, retired Sergeant Rachel Kilshaw and the entire staff that helped put this together. Um, it, it, there's a lot of work that goes into this, and these things go smoothly, and nothing happens, and we all say thank you, but it doesn't happen without, without those folks. So thank you. Thank you for all your work. Just a couple more things. I want to thank all the captains who, you know, these incidents don't get to this level without the captains writing up these incidents and nominating these officers for these awards. So to the captains, thank you for rewarding this hard work. And finally, again, final thanks to, to the families. Thank you for being here. I don't know how many of you have heard these stories before but hopefully you will continue to allow them to go back to work after hearing all the valor and courage and everything that they've done. And I also just want to say this, you know, with everything that we just heard, not one shot was fired. And that is something that is amazing because they do the job the right way. They do the job the way we ask them to, and they do the job and treat people with respect and dignity. And many of these cases could have easily been officer-involved shootings, but they weren't. And I, I don't want to leave tonight without recognizing that with these officers because that's a big deal. And nobody got hurt, at least seriously anyway, and our officers didn't get hurt. And the people who needed to be held accountable for the things that they did to victimize members of the public were held accountable. So again, I'd just like to close this with another round of applause for all of our awardees. Thank you, Chief. And thank you to everyone who came here tonight to honor these courageous officers and a special thank to their families and friends who support these officers every single day. After, um, sorry. Um, the chief, the command staff, the police commissioners will be available for photos with the award recipients and their families and friends after this. And also, we have refreshments that are going to be in the next room over here. On behalf of Mayor Breed, the police commission, Chief Scott, the command staff, and the commanding officers of these brave individuals of the San Francisco Police Department, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you.
SFGov TV, San Francisco Government Television.